When I was little, I dreamed of the stars. I fell in love with Pern and the second star to the right. I watched Star Wars and Trek, and that fed a yearning in my heart to visit strange new worlds and explore. As I grew older, my tastes turned to books. Reading from Ben Bova and so many other amazing authors about what it could look like if we actually lived off the Earth. I like to know how things work, so it became an ongoing puzzle, like my dad and his mom sitting together to do thousand-piece puzzles. A puzzle where I pulled little pieces. How does this work? How does that work? Is this reasonable or scientifically accurate? My favorite puzzle became a favorite conversation topic. I filled notebooks, and I talked ears off, and I wouldn't let it go. And now there are people who want to move to space. People with the money to make it happen. Time and again, when I see those articles written, I have questions and concerns and more than a few ideas of my own. That said, hi, I'm Rosie, and I want to move to space. I'm recording while on lockdown from COVID-19. I'm a breakfast chef by trade, which means until this is over, I'm pretty much laid off work entirely. Upside is, I finally got around to starting this podcast I've been scripting and planning and working on for the better part of the last year. This pilot is like the thesis statement for this podcast. For that to be true, I must, by definition, make a claim, pick a side, and while most English teachers would tell you it's better to be clear and wrong than vague, I'm going to make some assertions that are backed by evidence that are falsifiable. So, let's get on to the A block. For thousands of years, people have established towns and settlements in inhospitable conditions. There are towns on remote islands, on the sides of volcanoes, and above the Arctic Circle. Humanity has turned to another inhospitable climate, beyond the Earth itself. We have asked if humans could survive, let alone thrive, on other planets or on ships in the vacuum of space. While no national government has announced plans for a permanent habitation or colony beyond the International Space Station, governments are not the only actors on the world stage capable of taking humanity beyond Earth. Two billionaires you might have heard of, both Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, have concrete plans for space colonization. So it's less if they'll make it happen and more who will get where first. Elon Musk wants to retire to Mars, and Jeff Bezos wants to build self-contained cruise ships in orbit around the Earth. Both of these men have the resources to make their dreams a reality, so their proposals for habitation modules appear to be viable, but the scope of their consideration seems to be limited by their internal biases. Being a uterus-enabled human in the service industry, I have a bit of a different perspective. I'm watching them and considering how... Being men of privilege, they are perhaps overlooking how their support staff will live a hundred years after the colonies are founded. It is imperative that we not only look at the third-generation plans for these colonies, but the thousand-year planning of these as fledgling civilizations. And while I have dreamed of moving to space since I was a young girl, watching children run through the halls of the Enterprise on Star Trek Next Generation— 
I would not move to live and work in Jeff Bezos' orbital cities, nor would I follow Elon Musk to Mars. But I would gladly take the leap into the adventure of a lifetime and join an expedition to Venus to establish floating cloud cities, because the best candidate for a third-generation viability perspective is floating habitat cities on Venus. But that is content for other episodes. This podcast has two driving reasons I feel I must record and make this a long-form conversation that will continue past quarantine. Those reasons are preparedness and legacy. On preparedness. On May 16th, 2011, the CDC posted a witty blog post entitled Preparedness 101 Zombie Apocalypse. It was a great jumping off point for a lot of conversations I had with friends about disaster preparedness. Because if you plan and prepare for a zombie apocalypse on Earth, you'll be prepared for a list of disasters, including, but not limited to, tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, fires, flood, and a plague outbreak. My roommates and I have had a lot of conversations about the zombie apocalypse, and we have an overstock of dry and canned goods, and we rotate our purchased foods using food service FIFO. First in, first out, so the new stuff goes in the back and the old stuff doesn't go bad. When COVID-19 first popped up and started spreading, we had a brief conversation about our contingency plans. We'd had variations on these conversations before. Then the state of Michigan shut down one thing after the next. We couldn't really plan for a generation-defining pandemic. No one could, but we did have disaster plans mapped out ahead of time. Plans we could adapt to the immediate needs of the disaster we were actually facing. We need to do the same thing when we are looking at space colonization. What can go wrong? How do we plan for it? What resources do we need to have on hand with the colony effort so they can adapt to the unexpected disasters space throws at us? We have many things to learn from. The Apollo missions, the Titanic, various cruise line issues, island ecologies, island economies, submarines, and the Columbia and Challenger disasters. These ought to have taught us just how much can go wrong and how fragile these isolated colonies will be. So that's the short-range goal of this podcast. How do we survive in space? What are HACCP protocols? That's hazard analysis, critical control points. And how do we meet our needs? How do we prepare for as many kinds of disasters as possible? That's not the only reason I'm recording, though. The legacy of the first colonists will shape the tides of history moving forward. On the Patreon for our show, I wrote that, Right now, two companies, and the men that run them, have their sights set on being the East India Trading Company of this millennium. The Silk Road and the Atlantic trade with the New World brought fortunes to some and changed the nature of our world. Once we establish colonies in our solar system, fortunes will be made and civilization as we know it will change. Legacy is often defined as planting seeds in a garden you will never get to see. What will be the seeds planted in a colony wrapped around a retirement home on Mars? Or a cruise liner? And private islands in orbit above Earth? Colony efforts have failed or been rotten from the start with the original sins of conquest, rape, slavery, and genocide. To dig deeper into that topic, you really should check out the reporting done by the New York Times in the 1619 Project. 
The effort is ongoing, and those brilliant reporters do a better job than I ever could of explaining the way the modern world still sits on a foundation built by slavery. The seeds of the next pivotal chapter of human history are germinating now, to sprout and be planted beyond the orbit of Earth by colony efforts in our lifetimes. But those colonies can be corrupted if we refuse to take a hard look at our cultural inheritance. In an article on October 25th, 2019, on the website space.com, Bill Nye the Science Guy, who I respect greatly for his lifetime of work in the public domain, he advocates for science education and science literacy for all, and that's incredible, but he said something I fundamentally disagree with on the issue of what words we use. He said we need to use the word settlement, not colonization for space, and I firmly disagree. I mean, he's right in the fact that the language we use is important, and he's also right that the word colonization has a bad rap. But while Bill Nye and other scientists may be looking to avoid the baggage of the term colonization, that could leave the future efforts to inherit the systematic problems that colonization baked into our current modern world. Colonization is a word we must use because it is heavy, because there is baggage and history to it. We are still grappling with the legacy of abuses and mistakes of previous colonization efforts. And if the legacy of institutional racism isn't weighing on the shoulders of the founding colonists, should they really go first? When we talk about the history of the United States and how the shot heard around the world kicked off a passel of revolutions, not something we'll cover here. If you want to hear more about that, check out the podcast Revolutions for amazing deep dives. We need to also address that legacy that it passed on to us. And while 1776 is a memorable year, it was also an age of contradictions. Jefferson wrote big flowery words about all men being created equal. And then he went home and raped his slave, Sally, so regularly that she bore him many children. Jefferson sold those children, not seeing his children or their mother as equal to him, nor protected by his ideals of freedom and equality. Globally, there are a lot of conversations about rights and equality. There are plenty of UN declarations of rights that dozens of countries haven't signed. So if a for-profit venture defines the space colonies, will we have the same labor conditions in space that we see on cruise ships in international waters? Will there be a massive income inequality like we see across the globe today? Will the colonies have social mobility or a two-caste society where the oligarchs who rose to power before the colonies were founded managed to pass their power and wealth and control from one generation to the next? Right now, like in 1619, decisions are being made about the future of human civilization. We have a chance to do better, and we must do better. I cannot sit silently and watch as we repeat the pattern of behavior that in history, we've called mistakes. So I'm going to produce as many episodes as I can, hunkering a storm of sickness that has killed 5,000 of my fellow Michiganders and threatens millions. The Spanish flu of 1918 and 1919 is a terrifying roadmap of what could be if we do not take the ongoing threat seriously and contain COVID-19. I have faith in humanity that we can step up and weather this here and now. Call me a starry-eyed idealist, but I believe that if we expect the best of ourselves, we can change the future.
you want to talk to the show, if you have questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms, or just topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes, email the show at spacerosepodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us on Patreon.